Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Big Comics Podcast. Starring you've seen it in film you've seen it in animated television form you've seen it in toy form and today we're going to talk about the original book that inspired it all i am of course talking about todd mcfarlane's spawn uh one of the premier books from image comics of course we went through the whole image comics revolution on a previous uh, episode i want to say that was issue issue <laughs> i did not take long today uh episode eight uh we'll link to that in today's show notes over at secondprintcomics.com uh but actually my my co-host here remzo is actually not available this week but i have a, an absolute treat for you guys uh in in honor of the subject of today's episode you're not gonna believe this i was actually able to get as my co-host today Mr. Todd McFarlane. Todd, welcome to SPC. Yeah. What's up, Mark? How you doing, bud? Hey, how's it going, man? You you sound a little... Do you have a cold? Um, you know, it's 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 a little chilly here. Other than that, it's fine. Okay. Glad, uh, glad, glad, glad you like Spawn, you know? Well, I didn't say I liked it, Todd. We haven't even done the review yet. I think you're getting a little presumptuous here. I mean, you... I, 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 everyone knows. You... If you're talking Spawn, you like Spawn. All right, Todd. I, I know that I've had a lot of listener questions, actually, because um, you know, I, I did advertise that you were coming on to our, our patrons anyway, and uh, they all really wanted to know, out of all your Image co-founders, who was your favorite to work with? Oh, uh, I know Robbie Liefeld wants to say it was him. Uh, he does a great impression of you, by I the mean, way, Rob I mean, you Liefeld. know, I don't, I, don't, I don't listen to this show. I don't. Does he still right. do a podcast? Does he? I believe he does, yes. The Great Observations. You should check it out. Larson talks about, I you mean, a lot. talks about you a lot. La- Larson's pretty cool. I mean, Lim, I, I think Lim's alive. Are you talking? Are you referring to I, the, the L the L boys? I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I know nothing about these L boys. I know nothing about them. Jim Lee. Don't, don't talk to him. Don't know where he is. Godspeed. You know, he was always kind of short, but you know, he, he drew, he drew pretty well. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I just keep to my own thing because I'm I'm in charge of the comic books industry, and uh, you know, Spawn is, Spawn's keeping all these things alive. So I, I I just focus on myself. I was my favorite. Right, well, the real thing I'm asking myself right now is how long should we keep this routine going? Should, we could do a whole episode this way, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, of course, it is not really Todd McFarlane. If you didn't know, it is actually my co-host Ramzo W. Martinez. Ramzo, what's up? I'm going to get sued. Could you handle so the McFarlane much. voice for a whole episode? I could have probably down for another five minutes. Like I have to like, I have go to, back and edit it back in. I mean, I have to get that like Canadian esque accent in. So I've been like sticking my tongue at like the side of my left, like uh, inner cheek. And it's like, you know, you just, you just got go ahead and make sure that you always bet on the Oilers. When they, when they play, and maybe one day they'll make it in the NHL. It's a tough one to do. Uh, it is indeed a tough one to do. Uh, you know, I was actually rehearsing it and trying to do my own Todd McFarlane uh, impression before the show, and uh, I just I just couldn't get it down. It takes it takes true talent, Mark. Yeah. Real skill, true talent. 
A natural gift, some may say. Well, it seems you have at least a portion of that natural gift. I don't know if you're quite on, on par with uh, Rob Liefeld, but it's close. Let's just put it that way. I, I will not be voicing McFarlane when they do the Todd McFarlane biopic cartoon. I can tell you that. Is that a real thing? That'd be awesome. Uh, I think I think it should, it should be. be. I would I would watch that. All right, maybe that'll be SBC's first uh, media project. Could you imagine if it was like you know Archer? Or something. <laughs> it was just like the early days of Image. I would watch. Oh, I would that. totally watch that. Or the Image that would Boys. Be so funny. The Oh Boys. All right. Well, anyway, Rob, what you doing? <laughs> Buying everyone Ferraris and cam and like Camaros? <laughs> I own this place. I own everything. <laughs> you guys gotta not only listen to our uh, our episode about the Image Comics Revolution, but you gotta watch that documentary. It really is. Uh, it's it is. There are several documentaries about the formation of Image, but the Image Revolution is is the one. It's the one you gotta watch. Yeah, there there was the one that Sci-Fi did for the anniversary of Spawn uh, called uh, Todd McFarlane, like Hell I Won't, and it was it was pretty good. But that Image Revolution documentary, like that that is that is like in the archives of all comic book history, right there. All right. Well, Remzo, before we get into Spawn today, uh, which I, I think it, you'd have to say is the most successful image book of, out of all the original image books. I am, of course, partial to Savage Dragon, uh, but in terms of sales, in terms of visibility, uh, profitability, all those things, uh, Spawn obviously does does take the cake. Miles. Miles. Yeah. Not even close, really. I mean, it's the number one ongoing independently published book that's still creator owned ever. And I really think that if anyone else were to try and do that, um, I mean, they, they would have a long way to go because it's not even a close margin. Not, not even for Eric Larson. I would argue that Eric Larson. Well, yeah, the, the problem with Eric Larson, I don't know. It's not really fair. I would think Eric Larson's feet is much more impressive because he has actually written and drawn every single issue. He is like, I think, 75 or so issues behind McFarlane because he has had a lot of delays and gaps in, in the in the printing due to the fact that Eric Larson is one person who try who basically does you know, almost everything on this book. Uh, and then also does other projects. Sometimes he, you know, he does a stint as a images editor in chief, a stint as an images publisher. Sometimes he hops over and does another book. Sometimes he doesn't work for Marvel or DC. And that always is, would always push back uh, his work on Savage Dragon. But Todd McFarlane has, has hardly has basically stepped away from a lot of spawn as well. So I, I don't think it's quite the feat, even if he has the numbers slightly higher. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what Rob Liefeld points out he's like just drawing the covers every once in a while doesn't doesn't mean you're still actively involved but i mean you know got 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 give it where it's due ball don't lie when you look at per issues he's he's in the guinness book of world records for that reason well impressive feat so um got gotta respect the game so before we get into this what was your experience with uh, with Spawn, obviously you were uh, a mere twinkle in your parents' eyes when I first picked up Spawn number one. I have actually have several copies of Spawn number one at home in the Connecticut vault. One of which is one of which is signed, really? signed and certified Todd McFarlane from the uh, New York Comic Convention. Mark, you know you have to send me one. Those are worth money, aren't they? Wow, you're you're gonna be like this. Gonna send you one? Just like, give these things away like they're like they're paperweights here. You're, you're gonna you're gonna be like this. Like they're infinity stones in the, in wow. the TVA. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move along before this gets contentious. My first exposure to Spawn was in 2006. I was at home sick with strep throat, watching FX uh, reruns of uh, You Me and Irene and other stupid 90s, late 90s comedies. Wow. And then Spawn came on at 7 p.m. And I was like, how did I miss this? This looks so metal. The movie or the cartoon? The movie. I didn't know about the cartoons until actually recently. 
I, I watched it uh, during during the coup, you know, during the plague, and I, I binge watched seasons one and two on Amazon. But uh, you know, I I loved it. I loved um, John Leguizano as a creepy clown guy, and I don't even remember why. So why uh, that that must be why did, did so did. Did Danny DeVito play Violator in the sh- cartoon then? Why do I associate Danny DeVito with Violator? Because you're right. It is it is Johnny John Leguizamo. Be- because everyone thought that for, for a minute, people thought that Danny DeVito was the Violator because it looks so similar to his performance as the Penguin in Batman Returns five years earlier. Apparently, he is like a very popular fan casting for him. In my mind, it was him, but I, I it wasn't. I just made that up. Well, I'm going to also shock you of something else do you know what um not that hard do, do you know what jared butler's biggest role prior to 300 was um no i didn't i did not i'll give you a hint it's it was a musical <laughs> i have no idea he was the phantom in the phantom of the opera in 2004 i certainly would not know that i have not seen that film i have no plans to see that film it's a good film by regular standards or remzo standards it's a good. It, it's for free on YouTube. You can watch it for free on YouTube. <laughs> so you've seen it three times. Uh, Got yeah. it. All right. Moving along, uh, we are going to dive into Spawn number one, which was published and actually it was published in May 1992. We were discussing before the show. So this is this was not one of the first books because we actually saw. Uh, I think we saw Savage. I want to say in late '91 we saw Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon, Young Blood, Cyber Force. Hmm. Yeah, those those sound about right. I think Young Blood may have actually been. I, I'm almost positive Young Blood was was the first book to come out. Yeah, because that Young Blood issue zero was what freaked out all the stores and stuff especially the image the image previews where they were promising books that were late by like three months either way this was part of the first run the first group of creator owned books that came out from image comics and us and at least in the beginning todd mcfarlane was the sole writer and artist on this book as we'll see uh in this run here and i think before that the only book he had done that on regularly anyway was when marvel handed him the keys to uh his own new spider-man title uh and of course that was that was fairly short-lived before he and the uh and the l boys and uh, a couple other guys decided to jump ship the L boys and start image comics. Uh, but we're going to start right now with spawn number one. And we start off with, uh, we kind of see, uh, an image of the earth from afar with some captions. And, uh, we hear the narrator who of course we'll later find soon find is our, our main character spawn. I don't belong. Not here. Not now. I have to get back there. The bet was rigged. He made me believe, and now there's darkness in my soul. And you see the earth getting farther and farther away until it goes into blackness. And then the blackness emerges back into the city where we do see a shadowy figure in a cape sort of standing on top of a building. Uh, He's asking why. We're just getting little glimpses of him as the lightning strikes in the background. Um... My digital page won't turn here, so give me a second. Uh, we then get a classic sort of a Watchmen or Frank Miller style news recap. This one is in 1997, so there, you're hearing a story. You basically see these same these same three news talking heads uh, throughout this book as we go through the different years. Basically, we're going through the years between the death of Al Simmons, who is Spawn. Uh, spoiler alert, but that becomes pretty clear pretty quickly, and uh, until he actually emerges into the Image universe in 1992. So it's a, it's a five year 
wristband and you get to see some of the sort of events that, that go along the way uh, from, from the news. But things that we learned from this, these news clips, uh, again, this is the, they talk about the death of Lieutenant Colonel Al Simmons. Uh, they talk about his wife. He was survived by his wife, Wanda Blake. Uh, there's also a mention that some sources say his presence in Botswana around the same time as Youngblood was present in that country was no coincidence. And uh, uh, shared image universe alert because uh, the, the early image creators, now while they all owned and completely controlled their own characters, they did attempt to have like a, a image comics universe in the very beginning. That definitely drifted away uh, after a couple years when they kind of all went into their own little universes. But in the beginning, they were these creators were really making an effort to constantly reference these, these other characters, have different characters appear. We'll see that several times uh, throughout this little run, uh, the first four issues of the book that we're going to look at today. Uh, but this is something we also saw in Savage Dragon. We had Bedrock appear. Uh, Badrock, I should say. Badrock appear in that book. Uh, we also had uh, the Max appear in that book. So they were doing a lot of cross-promotion in an attempt to really, well, well an attempt to cross-promote, I guess, is what you do. What did you think of, uh, of when you looked at these image books and saw all these characters starting to pop up here and there? Did you think that was a valiant attempt to sort of create a shared universe, or did you see more see it more as kind of a cheap marketing uh, to sort of plug each other's books? It, it was absolutely cheap marketing, because never do you see these characters actually be a prevalent role, even in the books where they were promoted to be crossing over with. Um, rarely did they lead up to any moments. Like, I can't think of a time where, you know, um, you have something that rises to the occasion of, like, a Batman-Superman team-up, or a Captain America-Iron Man team-up, or something like that, or Spider-Man-Daredevil. You never had that with Image, and I don't think they ever intended it to be that way, because at the end of the day, they're still operating as separate studios, and they all wanted to go off in different directions, so some of the situations where they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. And um, as, as we see real fast, it probably worked out for the better because a lot of these uh, independent studios under the image banner are going to break apart within five years. I will say of all the image creators, I do feel that Eric Larson seemed to try to do the most when he had other characters appear. He actually made attempts to kind of make them feel important to the actual story. Whereas in a lot of other books, like the couple times we see characters referenced or, or, or we, that we see them in the book in here in spawn, they don't really matter. They're just kind of thrown in there to be like, Hey, this guy exists. Maybe you should go buy that book. Whereas Larson would actually attempt to really integrate them into the particular story to Larson's credit. Compared to all the other writers, he had the most Marvel style book because he knew how to, plant things in order to do spin-off books as we saw Freak Force. He knew how to, you know, he, he knew how to set up additional supporting characters in a way that you don't often get with a lot of the image books. It, it's a like I always said, like if you were gonna take one of the one of the image characters and take them and put them into like the Marvel or DC universe. The only one that could really cleanly fit in either would be Savage Dragon. Not only could, but has, have you ever, did you know that there's a Savage Dragon versus Superman book? No. Yes, that happened. Huh? That's a real thing. I know, I know that Spawn and Batman did a crossover and I, and I own that comic. It's just so bad though. It was it was genuinely bad. I'll have to revisit it. I know it lives in the Connecticut vault, uh, so I'll have to see if it's, it's living anywhere in Hulu. I mean, I remember enjoying it at the time, but, you know, when I was 16 and consuming everything, I, I pretty much enjoyed everything at the time, so it doesn't necessarily translate to whether whether it was actually good or not. Uh, but we did see see that a lot uh, with, with Eric Larson, and I think my favorite time that Eric Larson did a crossover and had another character was actually when uh, he brought Spawn in uh, and did a two-issue arc with Spawn, and this is one of my favorite Savage Dragon 
fucking things ever. And maybe we'll talk about it in depth on a future episode. I did talk about it in a in an episode of Claire Continues, which you can find on the Second Print Patreon at patreon.com slash second print pod. You thought we weren't gonna shill, but here we are. Uh and uh but in that story, Dragon dies, he goes to hell. Who does he meet in hell? Well, Spawn, of course. And it makes sense. Uh, But it's actually really hilarious and really fun the way Spawn and Savage Dragon interact because Dragon thinks that he's having a bad dream. He thinks that he, like, got knocked out and he he thinks the whole thing is hilarious. Like, he's just joking around with the devil. He's like, okay, you're the devil, whatever. And then God shows up and he's making fun of God. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm sure you're God, man. Uh, But it really is God. It's it's, it's when Savage Dragon meets God and it's, like, one of my favorite favorite uh, Savage Dragon story arcs. Anyway. Would you you come compare that to really being like a genuine crossover between characters or more like a Simpsons crossover where it's just passing and it's more for like a quick reaction or a laugh. I mean, Spawn was in like the whole, the whole two issues. <laughs> he was like fairly prominent in it. Um, it, did it really affect the Spawn book? No, not so much. Although they did do a later crossover um, not that long ago, like five or six years ago when they both appeared in both books and it actually did have a cohesive storyline. I, I feel like Spawn, uh, that Todd, <laughs> Spawn, that Todd and Eric are, seem to get along the best of the image creators, especially in terms of how they how they seem to respect each other's content and each other's characters when they appear in each other's books. Um, the, the way that Eric Larson always describes how the image characters would interact with each other and interact with characters in other universes, he would say, so... It, it always happened for they, – they live in separate universes, but in each of those universes, those characters kind of exist too. So when you see, let's say, Spawn or Youngblood appear in Savage Dragon, that all happened for Savage Dragon in this Savage Dragon universe. But when you see Savage Dragon appear in Youngblood or appear in Spawn, that didn't necessarily happen in our Savage Dragons universe, but it did happen in that Spawn universe and or in that Youngblood universe. That's just how Eric Larson looks at it. That's how he kind of takes license to to always pay respect to the characters, but he can, he can have a story that didn't necessarily need to happen in that character's universe, and that works for me. That works well enough for me. Okay, multiverse logic. Go for it. <laughs> It's just his way to, to that he answers questions about. Wait, so this happened when in this book, in this book. So which one? You know, because they don't always all make sense with each other. If you really tried to, you know, overlap all these stories in the in the quote unquote shared image universe. I I, I get it. But anyway, moving along, we are getting news stories. Um, uh, that was quite quite a sidetrack. Uh, we also find uh, from the uh, there's this like fashion reporter that you always see in these news clips too, and uh, he's he's just really commenting on how Wanda was also seen uh, out with this guy Martin Alexander her close friend from high school uh, who introduced her to Al Simmons at the Republican National Convention in 1984. I I thought that was just a funny little tidbit that they threw in there. Um, meanwhile, we go back to Spawn, and and basically the narrator Spawn here is is basically just having all these flashbacks to his previous life. Uh, he's try, try, kind of trying to put the pieces together. He doesn't really remember uh, remember everything. He's just remembering little flashes and glimpses of things. So he's saying, you know, I remember there was someone to someone someone to love, and he, you kind of see a shadowy image of him walking with his with what you, what you presume is his wife Wanda Blake. Uh, someone to hate. You see an image of this guy who whose name we will soon learn is Jason Wynn, and I was something something special and you kind of see him doing special forces stuff and then you hear you see him he says he turned on me and you see this skull face which is you know it's it's, it's basically uh, al simmons dying so basically he was killed in some kind of operation uh we then see he says and her oh god she's so beautiful and i needed he gave i had to you're seeing images of the devil uh basically in short 
Al Simmons, this guy, he he's killed. We don't know how he's killed yet. We'll find that out later. Actually, we won't find that out in the in this ep- in this episode. But you know, if you continue with Spawn, you'll find that out eventually. Um, and uh, you know, he he basically makes a deal with the devil, and he says, "Look, I'll do anything. I'll give you my soul. I just want to be able to see my wife again." And uh, that wish was granted. But as these things often go with the devil, when making deals with the devil, often the you know it's really the fine print that that so uh, Spawn does come back to Earth, but he comes back as this weird creature who is in this cape and doesn't really remember everything and but and he kind of remembers he says like he turned on me he 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 made this he made this deal with the devil and then we start to see this this clock this countdown and right now it just says 9999 but that ca- clock will continue to count down as we go along here and while it's not clear right now what that means i think it will be clear by the time we get through these issues uh and he basically he can't really remember his own life he doesn't even necessarily remember who she is like he doesn't even remember that this woman that the, the 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 reader knows is his wife is necessarily his wife he's just having these kind of vague memories of her and he decides like he's gonna find her he's gonna find his wife uh this lady this woman he was in love with again doesn't really even quite remember that it's his wife yet and hopefully she'll help him figure out what's going on here and he also says i'm going to find him i'm gonna find the one who betrayed me even though he doesn't really know who that is either uh, so just just off the bat here, what did you think of the the primary introduction to Spawn? Uh, I think after like a few pages of getting sm- short glimpses of him, we get a couple splash pages of uh, we get one that's like a close up of his, of his face, and then we get a full close up of uh, Spawn in all his glory. And I should say, much like Eric Larson with Savage Dragon. Spawn was the character that Todd McFarlane had created when he was uh, a kid, and he was like basically his first comic creation too. So that was what's so cool about the Image Universe to me. It was all these very successful, very talented creators got to take their literal childhood creations and and turn them into like amazing looking, you know, you know, well published, well produced books. And that's just got to be the most thrilling thing. It means something to make money off your dreams. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, what I really like about Spawn specifically, and I think this is what changed a lot of how comic book storytelling was done later is that especially within the superhero genre it very much it very much sticks to the static hero's journey that we've talked about quite a bit but with this one instead of starting from the low point to understand the character where everything is kind of fleshed out and then you're seeing the trouble over the horizon we're almost in the middle of it in a way, because we see the shadowy figure, we're getting introduced to all these people, and he looks like a bad guy. This is this is very much a mystery setting. I'll even dare say noir-esque. So the fact that you're introduced to this person who is maybe a superhero because he looks kind of evil, um, I, I was pulled in immediately. And I mean, just to really lay it in, like this is one of those books that I think everyone should have in their collection. I have Spawn issue one, the director's cut, where every other page is a sketch page so you can compare um it, it, it was only like five six dollars it was a good anniversary copy for a spawn 300 and um you know it's just one of those things where it's like he he always intended on spawn being in a film yeah, so when it got put in animation and i got put in a film and everything else he was like oh well you know i did the work for everyone because he he drew everything not just like how he had done the spider-man and the incredible hulk but he wrote it almost like he was storyboarding uh, like it, it, it is like you're reading a movie, that phrase that we've brought up so often for like Gabrielle Delato and others. So, I mean, it, it's just it, it's the best way to break the standards while sucking in your reader. It's perfect. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely does very much uh, feel like reading a movie. I think that that's a good way to describe it. Uh, moving along, we then meet Sam and Twitch. They are your your kind of buddy cop investigators that you get here. Uh, Sam is this big kind of beefy looking dude where Twitch is this kind of squirrely looking fellow with glasses and a mustache. Uh, so they make quite a pair there. Uh, we, when we first meet them, they're investigating these deaths of these random mobsters. Uh, this guy was, was thrown out a window. So that will kind of tie into our story a, as we go along here. Uh, we then go back to Spawn. He goes and he stops some bad guys in an alleyway. And as he is kicking these bad guy ass, this bad guy ass, he kind of uh, breaks back into his um, his ex- mind exploding into these other images. Uh, he sees this image of death and he's saying, oh, no, not again. And then you see him kind of being pulled into these images from his past. He's seeing images of Wanda, of the woman he loved. Um, and, uh, you know, he's basically just like has kind of a freak out and meltdown. He's now at this point he is seeing uh, images of his of his actual funeral Um, and then he's seeing images of there's like he sees his wife at the funeral um, and then the 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 image of his wife in this sort of dream nightmare it turns into uh, an image of the devil who's like in her in her like uh, funeral attire Uh, and then when spawn comes to he's basically like crying and convulsing and in the arms of the of the naked chick that he had just saved from being raped in this alley. This chick is consoling this dude in the cape who just ran off all these guys. So, man, what a freaking day for this chick, huh? She starts off about to be raped by these dudes, then gets saved by these this freak-looking dude in a cape and chains and this and this weird mask, and then before she knows it, this guy is crying in her arms. What a what a chain of events it must have been for her. Just a regular Wednesday night in Chicago. Just a Wednesday evening in Chicago. We then go back to the news. Only now it's the news in 1992. Uh, basically, everything in, in these news stories is all about mob shit. It's all just these stories of these various mobsters who were found uh, dead and killed uh, in various ways. And there's also police, some stories about how the police are going after certain mobsters. So guess what? There's there the the mafia exists in Chicago. I don't know if you guys realize <gasps> that, but yes. that, that, that's true both here and in real life. But they say it's so safe. Spawn is then walking around the alley, uh, just kind of freaking out. And finally, he goes and and rips this mask off. And then he starts to, to take this costume off. And he sees that his skin, his arms are all charred up. And he re- he says, like, Jesus, what am I? And then he starts crawling, uh, uh, crying, and, like, just, just falls down into the, by this trash can. Uh, meanwhile, we go and see that uh, Sam and Twitch are still on the case. And then uh, as we wrap up this issue, we see a scary looking motherfucking devil creature uh, who is called Malabogia cackling and cackling and cackling away saying, ha 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 Simmons, if you think you've got problems now, I promise your troubles have just begun. (laughs) Very standard supervillain scary type talk. Uh, What did you think overall of the first issue of Spawn? The uh, the theology teacher in the back of my head that I had to deal with for years at Liberty University wants me to correct you. It's actually Malboja. Malboja. Mal- oh, really? Okay. I have always, since I was 12 years old, said Malibu again. It, it, <laughs> so. Hey, if it makes you feel better, having been a Spawn fan before I went to college, that's what I thought it was. Malboja is actually, um, is actually the name, I think, taken from... Uh, from from a book on demonology that was published in the 19th century basically in hell you have a hierarchy of hell and Malboja is the equivalent of like a a governor general he he basically is like a big demon that 
you know, controls all the other demons. So he's not the biblical Satan. We don't have to get this into this conversation again about the, like the ghostwriter and Mephisto and Lucifer. And yeah, that was a, that was a whole thing. Go back and listen to our ghostwriter episode. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well that makes sense because the, like, so when Savage Dragon goes to hell, he meets who is, he meets actual yeah. Lucifer as a devil. And that is not the same as this Malabolgia, but that actually makes sense based on the hierarchy you laid out. So fair enough. Yep. So basically, and, and that's why, you know, We'll we'll get to it later, but uh, but yeah, super freaky. I I remember for years as a kid, like I when the when the Spawn toys were like really popular, like my parents were like, oh, you don't want this. He's a bad guy. They legitimately thought that Spawn was a bad guy. So for a while until I started picking up the comics, and I was like in my late teens. I, I well until I saw that movie in two thousand six, I thought that Spawn was a bad guy. So, you know, this whole thing, it's like it's it's darker than Ghost Rider. It's more violent than Punisher. And he certainly ain't Batman. Yeah, it's very much uh, like many of the image books. I wouldn't put it quite. I don't think they go quite as far as Valiant in being so overtly adult. But this is definitely much more adult than any book you would get out of Marvel or DC at this time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they jump really straight into it. So moving on to issue two, uh, we then meet the Violator. Now, the Violator, uh, I wrote down, I hear Danny DeVito's voice. I really think the imagery is, if it's not based on Danny DeVito, then I don't know, because it, it looks like Danny it, fucking It was DeVito based me. primarily on Danny DeVito's Penguin. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's what you had said earlier. So, yeah, that makes sense. I guess that, that makes perfect sense. And that makes sense. That's why I always hear Danny DeVito's voice in my head where I read this character. But Well, fun fact while I'm at it, because I got to interrupt one more time. The character of Wanda, Al Simmons' wife, was actually named after Wanda McFarlane, Todd's wife. All right. Well, there you go. I believe even uh, Al Simmons is actually someone who who worked at Image Comics too. I think he was he was someone that uh, that Todd was a good friends with too. He, he 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 was a he was a friend. So to have a you know theoretically like his best friend banging his wife is kind of weird. <laughs> I guess when you think of it that way, it is pretty weird. When you when you think of it that way, although that is part of the premise of this of what we'll learn is part of the storyline here. Best friends banging wives. Anyway, we we see the violator who is this short, stocky. He's Danny DeVito. He's Danny DeVito with clown makeup. There's there's no better way to describe him. And he's uh he's in this alleyway and he's saying, and then I'll tell him if he begs me really really nice like I might I might only amputate one leg, but but if he puts up a fight, I'm gonna have to rip his in out, make fillets out of his lungs, make a milkshake out of his heart, and, and soft boil his eyeballs, because I'm the violator. He's talking to a cat. He's just in this alley talking to a cat, and I find this hilarious. The cat's like, meow, and he goes, impressive, I know. Um, what do you think of my DeVito violator impression? It's it's actually pretty good. All right, that's how I, that's how I hear the voice. Anyway, we're, we meet the violator, and basically he's just this, he's this wacko crazy clown. We don't really know much more about him right now, but we know that he he seems to have murderous intentions. Uh, by the way, he is talking to this cat. This did not help my fear of clowns as a kid. No, this would not do that. Um, yeah, and, and he wraps up saying, I'd hate to be Spawn, because he's here. We he, he makes clear through his uh, diatribe that he is, he is here on Earth in Chicago, to get to the spawn for whatever reason. Um, and then we get, we go back to spawn. He's kind of a perched on this cross on, on top of the building here. And uh, now he is, he's still d- determined to find his wife as he's uh, makes very clear in his narration. I've got to find her. Let her know I'm back. I'm alive. People think I died five years ago. What's she going to think? Not going to matter much if I can't find her. And uh, he's basically just, you know, he talks to himself a lot. That's what you do when you're, when you're an undead freak who, who gets shot back into the real world five years after you die. 
You get a pass, you know. He gets a pass. And uh, he's kind of just up there on the roof, just thinking to himself, thinking, man, uh, I died. I've come back. I got to find my wife. I don't even know her freaking name right now. Uh, but I got this really gross skin. What am I going to do? Next thing you know. He, aloe vera. He, well, yeah, lots of aloe vera. He's perched up on this cross when he sees this freaking clown waving at him across the street. He sees the, the violator uh, waving and screaming at him. And he just looks over. He's like, I don't know what that guy's doing. And, and he just kind of like takes off and moves on uh we then go and see this mobster at, at the at, he's at his building the the dawn corp building i'm not sure the significance of that or if it comes into play later um but yeah this uh this mobster guy is bound pounding on this door he's saying open up the door he wants to go talk to his boss but this freaky arm just comes out and uh just pulls him in and rips his heart out we kind of see a partial face of this scary looking creature and this creature just says your boss is unavailable but he did say he wanted you to join him tonight and then we get a big splash page of this creature i don't want to quite reveal who this creature is yet in case everyone hasn't figured it out but he says, night, night, boys. And you just see blood and hearts <laughs> scattered all over. And what do you think of, I'm not going to, I think we'll know by next issue who this, what this creature is. Uh, but what do you just think of like the visually of this scary ass freaking creature out there killing mobsters? Uh, I, 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 I remember seeing this as a kid and being like, holy shit. Like he designed a scary ass, a scary, scary creature. Looking, yeah. Looking I mean, l- let's think about scary characters like this. We've got Ghost Rider. Scary, but I mean, even then, it wasn't until Danny Ketch came around that he was a little bit edgier than normal. Then you got the Punisher, who's still hanging around Spider Man doing stuff. Then you've got Son of Satan, who was definitely like, definitely part of that 70s era. There's nothing intimidating about him. They, they, they straight up scare the hell out of you in these panels. Especially for when you compare it to what was on the market at the time. And the blood, the blood and the guts, like. Nowadays, I mean, you know, Marvel got a little bit edgier after this uh, at points, probably responding a lot to what we're seeing from companies like Image and uh, Valiant. But this was like, there is just blood splattered everywhere. And you would not see this kind of gore in a, in a mainstream comic. Not at this yeah. time. I think Image refused to do anything by the Comics Code Authority. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. They told them to fuck right off. Which is yeah. why they could get away with this. <laughs> they gave no fucks. Like, oh, you're not going to approve our comics? Cool. No one cares about that stupid little dumb thing on your we'll make money without you bud bud uh and then we see we go back to our our news talking heads they are just talking more about the deaths of these uh, random mobsters who seem to be being killed of course we see they're being killed by this scary fucking creature here uh i I got a kick out of the fashion reporter here who has grown a mustache since we first saw him in 1987 uh he's his whole story is about how uh the the youngblood team are moving to the same costumes away from their individual uh you know away from their individual uh you know outfits so and he's not upset about that he 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 really liked that youngblood the jersey shore of superheroes yeah. we then uh, we also have another story uh said that wanda blake was uh, you know doing all this charity work and um there's all this this fund that was set up in, in the honor of her husband al simmons who is bon and yeah that's basically that's what she's up to but doing a bunch of charity work with this this fund set up for after the death of her husband um we do keep seeing these numbers appearing um, as we keep going here. Whereas before they said nine 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 nine, now they say nine 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 five. So there's there's some kind of countdown here. Um, meanwhile, Spawn is kind of figuring out that he has powers, that he sort of has like magic powers, and he decides like, all right, well, if if you know if I have these powers, maybe I can just turn myself into a human again. So he kind of does like a bloop, and this energy kind of this blue energy kind of appears around him, and then he turns into a human, but he turns into this white guy, and he's like, and he's like, man what a jolt uh man i feel good i'm looking i'm feeling great but wait a minute he looks at his hand and he's like he sees that he's white and he's like 
what the fuck? Not again? No, he I'm gets a black white guy. Privilege. What is this? <laughs> yeah. he's, and he's not happy about the white privilege whatsoever. He's very upset. He should to find use out that it. He's, that he's, That's the real superpower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the real power. Um, yeah, so he he turns into a, it's kind of like he. It's just another one of those like fine print deal with the devil kind of things. Like, yes, he has the power to turn into a human, but he doesn't have the power to turn into a human that looks like himself. He has to turn into this fucking you know dorky looking blonde white guy. So, which is not at all what he wants to be. So, uh, he decides that's not a form he's really going to take if he can help it. He should check his junk. Uh, we then see uh, Sam and Twitch. Basically, in these first two issues, we just get glimpses of Sam and Twitch. They become uh, more important characters later on in the series but uh for now and i will be calling these salmon twitcher ludes what do you think that's what i call the, the one page appearance by salmon twitch as we just all we just all we do in these scenes is basically find out yeah they're looking into these mob killings and they're trying to figure out what's going on and it's a big mystery i i, I always thought of it as um uh harvey bullock and beaker from Ses- from uh, sesame street no it was muppets Beaker was Muppets. So it's Harvey it's Harvey That's Bullock from Batman and Beaker as a person. That works. That totally describes them very well, I would what say. What do you think, Twitch? <laughs> Moving along, we see uh, this creature, who I will not name yet, in case anyone is uh, waiting in suspense. Um, this creature is just killing more mob, uh, more mobsters in uh, in bloody, bloody fashion again. Uh, meanwhile, uh, yeah, Spawn has decided, like, I'm not going to be a white guy. I'm not going to turn into uh, this human form because fuck it. I, I reject my white privilege. I reject my white privilege. I am not interested in it. And uh, he goes into more flashbacks. This time he is seeing this image again of this uh, per- this kind of this bearded looking dude uh, and he remembers his name now his name is Jason Wynn and he's kind of remembering their relationship a little bit that he says you know he was his boss he was actually uh, the one that the president the president of the United States said would take care of him be his mentor he taught him everything uh, you know he taught him how to fight how to kill how to obey but eventually they had a falling out because he saw that Jason Wynn was getting really brutal uh, was really conducting evil and not really doing good which is even though Al Simmons was doing some pretty nasty shit as a mercenary he did have a conscience and he did go into it seemingly you know to do you know to do good you know to to fight for his country or what have you and he at some point saw himself going down a dark path see he saw that jason had become truly evil and uh so that's why their their split had gone on and uh we then see that spawn uh takes a little stumble because he always kind of gets gets messed up when he has these flashback moments and falls all, all the way off this building that he was perched all the way to the ground all the way into the alley as this mysterious countdown continues to go now it's at nine four three two um we then see uh even more even more murders even more hearts flying out of rooms as this monster continues to kill random mobsters and then he says this is getting boring uh we then see spawn waking up in the alley he wakes up to see the violator who is there just yapping at him. He says, hey, mister, you need help? Come on, bud. Shake it off, you know? I couldn't tell if you were just tanked or what. Not that it matters. I enjoy a nip every now and then, too. But that moaning of yours didn't sound like the enjoyable kind. Anyway, I'm not going to keep reading the That's actually really good. Like, that's actually really impressive. This is my tryout for the role of the violator uh, next time they do an animated spot. There you go. Or you can actually hire Danny DeVito to play him physically but have me do the voice because, you know. Danny DeVito's lost a little bit in Soul Day. It's like it's like somebody else being Henry Calville's chin in the Josh Whedon Justice League. <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> Spawn then, uh, so basically, uh, he, this is when we get the name Spawn, because um, Violator says, oh, you, basically says, like, you're the Spawn. And he's like, Spawn, what the fuck's a Spawn? He's like, yeah, that's right. And then he goes, uh, Violator goes on to describe 
all the various ways that he could kill Spawn if if he wanted to. Uh, he's just going on and going on and going on. He's like, so how do you... And Spawn's just like, all right, whatever. He's not really taking him too seriously because he's just this short, fat clown. He's like, all right, so how do you know about me? Like, wh- wh- how do you know where my... Do you know where my wife is? He's like, never seen the chick. Stop using that G word, he said, because uh, Spawn said the word God earlier. Uh, Since my cover's been blown, let me tell you why I'm here. Whether you believe it or not, I could beat you silly with one hand behind my back, or I could rip the toenails from your feet and sever the tendons in your calves. And another thing, Mr. Big Shot, I could rip your spine out and use it like a whip, and I could snap your bones like the brittle chunks they are, and I could tear your head off and use it for a basketball, and I could cut you up into bite-sized pieces and mail you across 50 zip codes. I really enjoy doing this, this Danny DeVito violator, I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Are you scared yet? And uh, basically, uh, Spawn is not scared. (laughs) He does not take this seriously at all, and basically just says, listen, buddy, I don't have time for this, or you, and he's saying, come on, mister, have a heart, and as we see this final splash page we see that uh this creature the violator the clown creature has turned into his other form which is of course that scary freaking monster who has been killing mobsters uh for the past two issues so uh what'd you think of the wrap up here what'd you think of the reveal of this goofy looking clown violator is actually also this scary freaking creature that we've seen killing mobsters all issue uh i i can only imagine what it was like when it came out especially with the tim curry version of it I mean, this is when clowns are finally scary. It's no longer like, you know, the, I'll call it the pre-Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns Joker, where he was really just kind of like a throwaway character. This is when clowns are more like John Wayne Gacy. And I think uh, John Wayne Gacy was... John Wayne Gacy's pretty scary, too. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, John Wayne Gacy is pretty scary, but I'm saying, like, this is where they're really making that transition. It's not Cesar Romero chasing around Adam West. It's John Wayne Gacy. No, it's certainly not Cesar Romero. Certainly not Cesar Romero. Uh, We move on to Spawn, issue number three. And uh, we start off where Spawn says, Wanda! Wanda? Wanda? No, he says it does not sound like Wanda! Uh, he's like, that's it. He finally remembered his wife's name. So, like, the further that he goes along, the further that he's living uh, on this this plane of existence, so to speak, the more that the memories are sort of, of his past life five years ago are sort of uh, sort of coming to him. And um, he remembers uh, again. Remembers uh, talking to the devil or whatever devil creature he made this deal with. He remembers saying, "Let me see my wife, and you can have my soul." And of course, that's that's what happened. Uh, he dig. He does get to see his wife, as we'll see pretty soon but I don't think it's quite the deal he was looking to make. This is what happens when you make deals at a VA hospital. <laughs> you really want to move to the private hospital. Before you start <laughs> we then see, we, we finally see this, this cackling, this laughing demon who is of course, how do you say it? Malbolgia? Malbolgia. Malbolgia. All right. That kind of flows better, I guess. Uh, and he is saying, Oh Simmons, you poor pathetic fool. Threaten away, you little maggot. I'll do you no good because you've been locked into a deal. I can't lose. I've dealt with your kind a million times, and actually that's true because as we'll find out, kind? as we will find out later in the Spawn series, uh, Spawn is one of many Spawns. There have been Spawns all throughout history, and that was that is what leads later, very much later on in the series, where we will see all sorts of different Spawns. We'll see like a Middle Evil. Actually, I think we see a, a different Spawn in issue nine, which is where we see the debut of Angela, because it did not take long for uh, Todd McFarlane to start bringing in new writers. So I think it was issue nine. I know because it was the first appearance of Angela, which I also own at home, and that was Neil Gaiman uh, introducing that character, and I believe 
she was in that book hunting a medieval spawn. So that was the first time we saw a different iteration of spawn. But you know, Todd has brought in many, many, many different iterations of spawn uh, throughout you know throughout time uh, since the series began. It, it was the it was the Ghost Rider motif. It's yeah, this idea much. that yeah. you can have people throughout the same time carrying the same moniker. Yep. Uh, it's just about whenever Mal Bolgia can find another sucker to make the same freaking deal, <laughs> and uh, he, he seems to be able to find these guys pretty easily. You know, every every generation or so. Uh, so Mal Bolgia just goes on basically an an evil monologue and uh that's about it about about all the evil that he's going to conduct here um and then we then go to another sam and twitcher lewd um where they are just you know talking buddy cop stuff and investigating these murders of these mobsters and and twitch is kind of like look like uh, not twitch but sam he's kind of like look he's doing us a favor like he's killing mobsters he's killing these bad guys and but you know they're, they're cops so they still gotta kind of do some investigation and, and try to figure out what's actually going on here. as one does in chicago as one does in chicago yes they're they're buried under bureaucratic bullshit is the summary of this scene uh, as as you might imagine again in Chicago, where all bad things happen. Uh, we then get more Violator stuff. We see Danny DeVito Violator kind of singing, doodling, laughing it up in the alley. And he says, uh, uh, I know a hero who's going to die. Doop-de-loop-de-loop-de-loop-de-lie. I'm a poet and I don't even know it. Better yet. And then you see him transform. I really like this tiny little panel here where you see him transform like via the shadow into the Violator. He says, I'm the Violator. And if I don't kill you today, I'll try it later. <laughs> Damn. Dang, I'm good. So he's having a good time. You know, he's he's evil. He, you know, he likes to kill mobsters by ripping their hearts out, but he has fun doing it. That's what I appreciate about the Violator. It's so funny because like in the film where he was played by John Leguizano to know that the guy who played the Violator is also the voice of Manny the Sloth from Ice Age. I did not know that, nor have I seen Ice Age. So I'm a 41 year old man. Ramzo. It was, it was, it was good in 2002. I'm sure it was. Ah, that, that explains it. 2002. That was when I was 22 years old, which is not coincidentally about when my comic book dark period began because I was getting into other things at that point. Yeah. That's when your pop culture references also began to die. It, it's when everything basically fades away. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we go, then go back to uh, the CIA, New York headquarters. I also said another mobster, but basically CIA, another mobster. What's the difference here? We're splitting hairs at this point. Uh, this Miller guy is super, super sexually harassing his secretary here. He's even saying like, oh, uh, you know, it's almost midnight, Linda. Why don't we call it a night? Perhaps I can buy you a drink. And she's saying, uh, uh, no, thank you, Mr. Miller. My husband's waiting for me. And he says, oh, how is the new hubby anyways? Uh, surely he won't mind if you're not home right away what a freaking scumbag like this chick just got married and he's he's already just going to town but i guess when you're a you know a cia boss you you can kind of do those things and get away with it cough cough alan dulles Cough, yeah. cough. <laughs> and uh, he is uh, he's looking in this file cabinet and then we see uh, no oh that see this is not another scene of, of uh, Violator killing people this is actually when Spawn appears at CIA headquarters because he is kind of investigating uh, his own past and he says you listen who are these people dealing crack to underserved communities yeah I guess he was going through the files <laughs> just to find out more about himself and when he saw this guy harassing this chick he just decided to stick, stick around and scare the shit out of him so Spawn shows up grabs this guy by the neck and he's like you listen you listen good where is that since you're divorced you haven't paid a penny in alimony i don't know how you had the time to do that research maybe he just presumed it uh or child support i highly recommend you correct this oversight quickly because if i have to come back again she'll get the money from your life insurance policy do we understand each other and he just says sure he's like good uh some of us who would give our lives to have a wife or family so it really offends spawn that this guy is out there philandering on his wife and kid 
when he didn't even get the chance to have a kid really before he passed and, and made this deal. Exactly. No deadbeat dads in hell. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mal Bolgia, uh, meanwhile, is just having a blast. He is uh, watching uh, these things play out and he is uh, he's really liking it because he thinks that the spawn is turning evil. Like he sees him, you know, threatening to kill this guy. He's like, oh, great. Good. He's turning into this evil, this evil thing that I need him to be. So Mal Bolgia. Wait, no, he wants him to pay his child support. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How evil. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I guess in his mind, he sees spawn going down a dark path which is the path that uh, that Mal Bolgia is, is trying to send him down, as we will learn uh, later on in the series. We're not going to get the full scope of it in these first few issues, but Mal Bolgia has plans for Spawn. He's not just a random guy that he's just, you know, just kind of fucking with here. Um, and then we move on, and uh, Spawn is trying to figure out uh, why Wanda lives in Queens, and you know who's going to find out? White Spawn is going to find out. So he does turn back into his human form where he is this... By the power of white privilege! (laughs) By the power of white privilege! And he turns into the white guy, turns into White Al Simmons, and heads to Queens to go try to uh, see what his wife is up to. She opens the door, and she is smoking. She is in this, like, elegant dress that is very, very fishnetty and revealing. God and, bless you, Todd McFarlane. God bless you. And she you. opens the door while the dog is just is growling, this this mangy-looking dog behind her is growling. She says, good day, may I help you? And, and White Al is just stunned. He's like, my God, she's even more beautiful. This is narration uh meanwhile he says and still in the spawn like like spawn style of the voice of the uh you know the the voice bubbles so i, I wonder what his voice is supposed to sound like here like is, is it supposed to sound spawny i'm picturing it as, as a nerdy white guy voice but uh he says uh hello i'm from the uh oh what's the matter it looks like you've seen a ghost she says excuse my appearance we're just trying on this just happened to be trying on this sexy dress when you came by uh big business party tonight you know the kind lots of people lots of food minimal fun who talks to a random guy that just showed up like this by the way but if I don't go, then the a whole office star. gets uptight. So what do you think of it? <laughs> really? Asking this random guy what you think, and he's like, "You're uh, you're you're gorgeous." I mean, uh, uh it's gorgeous. And she's like, "Well, thanks." I'm anyway. the pizza delivery man, and you don't have cash. <laughs> thanks anyway. You rang the bell. What can I do you for? And meanwhile, the dog is like biting at his shoe here, uh, and he's saying, "All right, look, uh, I'm from the SBCA, and uh, we're uh, we're going around the neighborhood checking to see if the dogs have been licensed. We're uh, we're having a special this week. You can renew the license for twelve dollars." Or register for $15. (laughs) He's making up this absurd reason he's at the door. Um, But he is interrupted just in time by shouts of, Mama! Mama! Why you go, Mama? And then this little girl shows up and she says, Excuse me, uh, sweetie, Mommy had to get the door. Man wants to know if if your doggy is okay. And then, uh, you know, we see his his, uh, kind of uh, narration captions here. Response says, A girl, the file didn't say anything about a child. How can it be? We couldn't. I thought she couldn't. It's taken him a while. To, I mean, the math alone should be enough to realize he's been gone five years and this kid is like a year. Uh, but he's still taking him a minute to process like, wait, this can't be my kid because I couldn't. I wasn't able to like, I guess he, he wasn't able to get the job done, I guess. And she says, oh, I'm I'm sorry. She's only 15 months old. She's still so clingy. Every time I leave the room, she thinks I'm abandoning her. Still a girl. Mommy would never leave you. And that's Do they any- talk at 15 months. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Never raised a kid, Remzo. I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you. I I'll actually Google have no that. idea. I think I, huh. I think they start saying little words before that. Um, all she says is "mama" here. That seems reasonable. I think they can say "mama" at fifteen months. Maybe you'll find out someday. It's someday. like the teenagers from Scream, all played by thirty-year-olds. <laughs> 
Have you ever seen Wes Craven Scream? Have, yes. No, Scream is great. I love Scream. I love they the not, original Scream. They, those were not teenagers. That was a, a late high school slash college movie for me. So I, I was fully okay. into all the Scream films. Don't you worry. I get that's the last, actually the last pop, pop culture reference I get is, is Scream. That's where, that's where it ends for me. Um, yeah, but uh, Spawn is, is kind of, again, having this revelation here. He's like, we, we always wanted children, but something wasn't ro- wasn't right. Doctor said it was no use, but it was me. God damn it, it was me. Like, he realizes it was definitely him uh, is the reason they couldn't have a kid, because she had a kid with someone else. And then we see these kind of bubbles appear again. She. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this causes Spawn to pass out, uh, White Spawn to pass out on the ground, as he often does when he has these moments. Uh, meanwhile, Wanda yells, Terry, Terry, quick! get down here now i need help so this guy comes and shows up and as white spawn comes to he's like where am i jesus the file was true terry terry did marry wanda so i guess he had already read this in the cia files that he had uncovered but i just thought i guess just thought they were bullshit <laughs> and, and so he's he's still shocked again when he sees this guy terry who was i guess his best friend so ugh, not only is she married not only did she have a kid which is something al could not do for her but she did it with his best friend Ugh, what a revelation. What a what a what a punch in the stomach that's gotta be. And uh, you know, Terry's trying to kind of calm down here. He's like, hey buddy, easy e- take it easy now. Do you want us to call a doctor or something? Um, I, I can call your family or your wife. And he's like, Oh, I don't I don't have a wife anymore. He's like, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. He's like, Yeah, 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 me too. Uh kills me every time I see her. <laughs> and Wanda's like, Oh, she must have been something really special. And he's saying, More than you'll know. Thing is, I don't know why I lost her. Well, cause you fucking died, dude. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, you you, would have picked up on that part. Yeah, I mean, he's having a hard time putting things together. I mean, I get that his memory's a little choppy, but a few things he should he should be able uh, to put together here. Um, But yeah, basically, um, yeah, basically, he is a he's he's a man out of time. He's trying to figure this this whole thing out. Uh, She does mention though that the dog loves loves him, and she's like, "Wow, the dog really loves you." And I don't know, looks like he's biting him still, so I I don't know, but uh, maybe it's just you know affection, you know, canine affection, feral love. And she basically says that that dog doesn't like anybody. She hasn't liked any anybody since al died uh so that's like obviously a little clue i mean we already know he's al so she's not really picking up on it but uh the dog knows the dog knows that al is al and uh basically we go back now to uh, another page where spawn is just I, I like this shot we see like a skyline of chicago and we just hear the word we just see the word no and then we cut to spawn who's just f- flipping out and screaming he's basically screaming at this devil cursing the devil um that he made this deal with he's like you know you want my soul come and get it just try and get it why are you torturing me what kind of sadistic pleasure are you getting from this i was going to give it to you willingly do you hear i was going to give you my soul i just wanted my wife can't you understand that problem is when spawn made this deal at least according to what he said before he didn't say i'll sell my soul if only i can live happily with my wife and have a children and a family no he didn't say that he just said i wanted to see my wife again and that was a mistake from spawn because you know really the devil has held up his end. Spawn just saw his wife, so the deal is really complete if you think about what Al asked for. So, kids, remember, if you ever die and go to hell and are presented with the opportunity to make a deal with the devil, just make sure you get really, really specific about the details. Uh, I grew up watching The Twilight Zone. I can tell you the devil is in the details. You gotta read the fine print. You gotta really make sure that these soul-selling contracts are very are spelled out very clearly or else you're gonna be in for, for a surprise. You know? And while you're in hell, call the law firm of Johnny Cochran and Robert Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, defense attorneys at law. Uh, d- d- demonic defense attorneys at law. 
That's why we call it. That's why I'm going to call it look over my contract when I'm in hell. Uh, anyway, uh, Violator shows up, I, I guess, uh, to console Spawn, I guess. By the way, we see this countdown still going down. It's now at 8821. So it does seem to be some client kind of clock that is tick, tick, ticking. Uh, so the Spawn, this Violator shows up. He's like, yo, Spawn, my Spawn dude. <laughs> Remember me? We didn't get a chance to share our common interests. Like, like killing and maiming and slaughtering and destroying. Doing that thing really does does a number on my voice, I'm not going to lie. I'm impressed you made it this far. He says, all the things you did when you were there with the government, remember? And I could have a million laughs together, you and I. <laughs> and as he's laughing, his face slowly expands and slowly turns again into the scary monster version of the Violator. And uh, Spawn says, I don't know who or what you are, but I guarantee you picked the wrong time. So Spawn is in no way frightened by his transformation into this creature. He says, if you're from the same hell pit I came from, then I've got a message to send back to your boss. And Violator says, good. They said you had a lot of spunk. So let's see how much hot you have. And he pulls out Spawn's heart. He says, ah, that was sure simple. Master will be pleased. And then he's just kind of talking to himself. He's very satisfied with himself. He believes that he he just took care of the Spawn that easily. Uh, rips out his heart. Decides he's just going to walk away. Leaves Spawn's body laying there in the alley. As he's walking away, we see a voice say off screen, Violator. And Violator turns around and Spawn says, who said anything about being human? And Spawn is holding his own heart as you see the green hole in, in uh, oh no, he's not holding his heart yet, so the Violator is still holding it. Uh, but at this point, there's just a hole in Spawn's heart, uh, the hole in his chest where his heart was pulled out and uh, didn't seem to bother him at all. He's ready to boogie. It's pretty metal. What'd you think of issue three here as uh, we're finally about to get a big showdown after a couple issues of buildup between Violator and the Spawn. I just hope people realize how when this comic came out, it was not conventional in terms of how they were telling this type of story. I mean, you've got around the same time, you've got the reinvigorated Ghost Rider series where they go from Johnny Blaze to Danny Ketch, who's really the 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 ideal Ghost Rider. You've got James O'Barr's The Crow. You've got a whole bunch of indie comics that are out kind of like this. For Spawn to have become so popular so fast, it, it's because it was truly different. And now we look at it and we think it's it, it's it's pretty regular. But really, like this was a this was a big deal in storytelling. Yeah, and it, it was pretty unique. Like I don't think anyone is going to accuse Todd McFarlane of being you know a Shakespeare or an Alan Moore or a Neil Gaiman type of writer, but he is, he is, I think an underrated storyteller, especially from these early issues. Like this is not mind blowing stuff, but it is unique. It is, especially for this time for the early nineties here. You didn't see this kind of storytelling uh, done in comic books. And as always, like Todd's strength is the visual end of things. And he really uses these stunning visuals to really carry the story. But I, I do like what he's done with some of these characters here. Like I can really hear the voice of, of violator. I can really hear the voice of Malibolgia. I can really hear and feel Al Simmons pain. So I, I think in some ways Todd might be kind of a little bit underrated of a writer. Like he's not an amazing writer, but he's not a bad writer at all. I mean, and I think that that kind of speaks to the success of this book because, you know, all these number ones did, did baller numbers, you know, spawn number one, savage dragon, number one, young blood. Number one was still, I think one of the 
top selling comic books of all time. But Youngblood faded very quickly. Why? Because it was just all fluff and no substance. I mean, I, I recently read uh, those, those couple Youngblood books for Tales from the Fucket Pile, which uh, our patron Justin is, is having sent to his house uh, as we speak. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, look, they're flashy. Rob Liefeld does flashy Rob Liefeld art in all of these books. Um, but there's very little substance there story-wise. Whereas I think for Spawn, there's more substance. There really is like a story being told here. We are getting to know these characters. Um, and Todd is really painting sort of a unique story for us, uh, both visually and through his writing. So, you know, I, I think it, it definitely is probably... I, you know, I think Spawn is a little bit underrated storytelling-wise. I think we always think of Todd McFarlane. Uh, I don't even know how to say his name. I, I say it different every time. Farlane. <laughs> um, you know, and his sort of splashy, uh, you know, visual style. But at least in these early issues, um, especially when compared to a lot of the other Image books, I would put this right behind. Obviously, I'm biased here because Savage Dragon is my favorite book of all time. But I would just put this. I would put Spawn right behind Savage Dragon in terms of presenting an actually compelling story and decent writing, along with the amazing visual which of course all of these creators brought into into the table absolutely all right moving on final issue we're going to look at today spawn issue number four. First of all what do you think of the cover of, of this one just this this shot of the violator and all his his scary-ass glory with his uh his drool coming out of his scary mouth i really I like how the violator is kind of like an amalgamation he, he looks like a spider sort of with these these scary eyes but at the same time looks like a demon and then just the, the way his body is formed is so just unique and scary and weird and i'm just i'm a really big fan of todd's design of, of the violator man my my parents were my parents were not letting me pick that up when no, i was a kid not a fan. no no luckily my parents didn't screen my books i just went right to my room i was like yeah came back for the comics stop see you in a couple hours bye bye i I, to- I told you what happened with uh with with morbius issue one remind me did you tell that on this on this on this uh podcast before i think a long time ago i was picking Didn't i was they take it from up, you or something once they saw it was yeah I, I want i wanted to get it and they looked at it and it was morbius with blood dripping down his mouth and they were like you're not reading this now i was like eight at the time like, you know i'm gonna buy this when i'm older and have money right yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so we come in here and we start off by seeing the violator's scary ass hand holding Spawn's heart as we see the visual letters uh, all throughout thump 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 thump. So we we see and feel the heart beating as it's just bloodily dripping all over the violator's hand, and you know the. The visuals are just, you know, this is Todd at his prime. This is Todd at his finest. And you can tell that he, you know, his his art on Spider-Man was awesome. His art on everything he did has been awesome. But I, I feel like there's a little more, like, because this is his baby. This is his creation. I just there's feel the heart. <laughs> no, no, no pun intended. I feel the heart that, that Todd puts into this. <laughs> I did not. I did not intend to do that at all. Uh, um, yeah, Violator is pissed off though. He's he's really mad at uh, at the devil at, at the Malbolgia. He's saying he's kind of doing a little monologue. He's like, "What's going on here? Like, Spawn is alive. You said I'd be stronger than than the Spawn." Uh, and then um, he basically just uh, Al Simmons or Spawn just takes his heart right back, uses his power to suck it away, and puts it right back in. And uh, but we also see at the same time that clock, that clock, that countdown clock is still a ticking and ticking and ticking. Uh, so then we see finally a big ass battle and spawn and violator just go at it spawn is using his his magic green powers of sorts it's not really clear exactly what spawn's powers are but yeah he's got change he's got energy stuff and
and and he's in a battle. So he's he's blasting a violator, and he blasts a hole right through the violator. Uh, this is pretty cool. And uh, also in the battle, Spawn loses an arm. So these two have just totally fucked each other up uh, along the way here. And uh, we violators ranting at him. He's like, "You idiot! You're not the only one that can survive an organ transplant. I had the power long before you stumbled upon it." He's like, "So uh, what's your point?" He's like, "My point, dear boy, if you're looking to play the old eye for an eye game, you're a see. I'm doing a slight. I'm not doing the Danny DeVito voice anymore because now he's Beast Violator. So I'm trying to differentiate. I, now you've gone to John Leguizamo. Exactly. I have range. I have range. Casters of future animated Spawn uh, projects. Uh, you're a bigger fool than I thought. Allow me to demonstrate. And he just kind of throws Spawn and throws him in the alley and yeah they're they're going at it violator again is super scary i love how this one panel uh when he comes and just approaches is just approaching spawn with these big scary like he has these horns that come out of the, the side of his head and he's just he's just I, I really think he's just an incredible creation from todd mcfarlane uh he says um yeah, so he says, uh, you know, but until such time, he's like, we can really work together. We could be something together. We can go go on a killing spree together. But until then, it's my job to show you the ropes until you're ready to lead this army from hell. Just hope I don't strangle you with them. So it appears that Violator is not necessarily here to kill Spawn. He's here to maybe be a sort of mentor. But when you're a demonic creature, you have kind of funny ways about, you know, going about your, your mentorship. More like apparently. a parole officer. <laughs> a parole officer. Yeah, that, that's, that's probably a better description. Uh, then uh, Spawn goes and shoots his energy again at him. And uh, then Violator, this is when Violator rips Spawn's arm off uh, in, again, very, very graphic fashion. And then on the next panel, we see the appearance. He's finally showed up. Malbolgia has appeared, and he is much larger, at least in this panel, than Spawn or Violator. They really do a good job making him visually appear. Now, I'm not sure if he's supposed to be physically manifesting in the real world here, because if he's this big, this would be all over the news. Like he's huge. Like he's as big as these like buildings in the background here when he appears here. So I, I think they I think it's called the and I'm probably wrong, so take this with a grain of salt. If the ethereal range, where it's between the physical world and the other world, like whether it. it be hell or something else, it's an in-between. Well, if anybody would know about that, it's the ghost hunter himself here. So I will take your word. I will take your word for that. Gracias. Anyway, uh, Malbolgia has showed up, and he's going on a rant. Like devil do, and basically Malbolgia tells Spawn uh, that you know, yeah, he made this deal, he created him. He's like, you know, I, I gave the both of you far too much credit. It is not necessarily not necessary to mutilate each other when neither of you can die. Like a pair of jealous siblings, you don't realize the two of you are part of the same family. And like it or not, I'm your daddy. And like a good parent. I can see I need to share some of my insights so you two boils will know exactly what's going on. Destiny and damnation, you control neither. So even though you struggle to make sense of what's happening, it doesn't matter because I run both your lives. So, you know, the, the Violator will become, he's a, he's a recurring character throughout this series, and he first appears as evil, and he certainly is evil, but he becomes a little bit of a nuanced character because he is also basically just a slave of this Malbolgia as well. He's just kind of doing his own bidding, and just like Mal, Malbolgia uh, manipulated Spawn into this deal, uh, Violator has been somewhat manipulated and lied to along the way uh, here as well, too. Um, and then Spawn just yells at him, go to hell! And then Violator says, uh, don't worry, Spawn. He he already has. Then uh, Malboji just keeps going off and going on this long rant. I'm not going to read uh, the whole thing, uh, but basically Malbolgia tells Spawn uh, that, and this is where we kind of figure out what that countdown is, that green energy countdown. He tells Spawn, like, look, you have all these powers. You can do a lot of shit here, but just so you know, the more energy you use, the closer that you get to a second death. So you might want to kind of be careful 
about how you use this power of yours. Uh, meanwhile, Violator's really pissed off. Violator just screams, Hey, what about me? How about a little something for my effort? Look, boss, I did... This is like an amalgamation of the Danny DeVito and the, <laughs> the creature voice. I think I did a hell of a job here. C- kept an eye on some sort of the criminal activity. Made the cops think there's a lunatic on the loose. So I guess this was... I don't really understand really the plan where they... they he was going around killing mobsters so they would think a lunatic was on the loose. Um, I'm not really sure what what the point of that was, but whatever. I think Todd McFarlane just wanted to kill some people on paper. Yeah, that seems that way. Uh, even put a bit of fear into Spawn's heart. Speaking of which, no one warned me of his powers when I got this assignment. So he thinks that Spawn is just has no powers. He's, he's like totally shocked when this guy had all these powers. He's like, I mean, look at this arm. Not a pretty sight. And this hole in my belly, it's worse than a bloody ulcer. And uh, Malbolgic just silence! You have failed miserably. It's incompetence like you that make my battle against God so laborious. I sometimes think that there are traitors among us. You, Violator, are a sad excuse for hell. You, my erratic child, are being grounded. And he turns Violator back into his human form... And then Danny DeVito Violator says, Hey! Hey! I can't change forms! And now he is stuck. Poor guy. He is stuck in this clown form. Violator is getting the raw end of the deal here. He's trying to please his papa. He's trying to do the right thing. Trying to be the uh, mentor slash parole officer uh, for Spawn. And what does he get? He gets turned back into this fat Danny DeVito clown self. Did you feel any sympathy for, for Violator here? None. Yeah, no. <laughs> he hasn't earned it yet. Maybe down the road. Nah. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, Violator He needs is, to uh, get a Disney prequel origin film like Cruella and Maleficent. <laughs> yeah, wait for the Violator origin film starring a, a young, digitally remastered Danny DeVito. From Disney! Before he was a clown killer from hell. <laughs> it's a musical. Misunderstood. <laughs> Uh, I wish Malbosia would pick me. <laughs> you notice, uh, man, I can picture Malbosia as totally as like a, a, a Disney bad guy. <laughs> Very, I can definitely see him being Disneyfied. Um, do you but notice the you violators? Know the power of friendship, Violator. <laughs> <laughs> you notice the Violator is wearing an Image Comics T-shirt here. They like to do that a lot. Oh in these my books. gosh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Violator is mad, and yeah, I put Violator's pissed, and he just he basically just storms off and huffs. So we'll see Violator a little bit down the road, but that's that's all we're gonna get out of Violator uh, up to this point. Uh, meanwhile, Spawn is walking around town wearing a trench coat because uh, he's you know he's, he's you know he doesn't want to walk around town wearing the cape and everything, and he certainly doesn't walk want to walk around town as White Spawn as White Al Simmons. He has no interest in that, so he he opts for the classic uh, trench coat and hat look. Um, and then as he's walking down the street, he hears these kids. They're, they're saying look it's that new superhero and this kid's like yeah man let's go check him out oh man i didn't think he really existed hey i saw him first and sponge is like what what how did you know and they're like get out of the way mister move and they're like look look it's that dragon guy from chicago and they're, they're looking at oh this isn't in chicago this is in new york i just kept saying chicago because you said chicago earlier it's this is new I york i can't make you fun of it because it looks like chicago yeah it doesn't i mean th- these cities are all the same basically at, at this point um but welcome yeah, to gotham they're looking at um they're looking at these pictures these images of savage dragon so you know just more nods to the shared image universe, so to speak. But uh, yeah, Spawn is not really known as a hero. He's not really known at all at this point. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we see that Wanda um, had basically she wakes up uh, in the in the uh, in the house in bed with Terry, and uh, basically she had a bad dream. Uh, she had a dream about Al, and uh, that does it. That does it for Spawn issue four. That pretty much wraps up the introductory storyline and in the in the, fo- the the following issues. Uh, we kind 
kind of have some more kind of side adventures. We get a little more from Sam and Twitch, and and it really is kind of a slow build, the main storyline here of Spawn. But at least in this initial arc, the the basically the ba- the main premise of Spawn here is that Malbolgia wants him to lead his his basically his his army of darkness to to battle God and all this stuff. Uh, but the catch is. Uh, as he as he mentioned, uh, Spawn has this kind of countdown, this timer. It's not a time countdown, but it's an energy power countdown. So Spawn really has to be smart about how he uses this power because he is basically slowly dying, and he knows that this time, you know, whatever chance he might have to see his wife again, even though she's married with a kid to his best friend, uh, that's going to be gone once this timer runs out. So that is kind of like the dilemma of Spawn, which I found an interesting twist to the character that have, him having to live with this knowledge that even though he's imbued with these powers. Uh, they do have a limit, and that when he reaches that limit, uh, he's going to face a second death. So, what did you think of that? That kind of caveat to Spawn's powers that we saw. I mean, they usually don't bring up the weakness on on the offset of a lot of these heroes. It's very much set in the way that a video game is, because you could be a giant badass, yeah, yeah. you know, Marine Commando demon superhero in a video game, but you have to be able to die somehow. So it, for me, it kind of reminded me of like, how would you set up uh, a, a person's fault or weakness in a video game? So I really liked that. Yeah, well, that does it. That's going to do it for our look at this initial run, the introduction to Spawn from issue one through four. Remzo, you want to start us off with your ratings? Yeah, absolutely. I keep it basic. Is this good for new readers? Is this good for longtime comic book vets? And it gets A's on both. I love the story. I love the layout of how they're not typically following the typical origin story, per se. While we're still getting a hero's journey out of it, it's not following it scene by scene, stage by stage, as you would get, which allows you to really kind of fall into that mystery of it. Beyond that, um, McFarlane really understands the, the tone and the way that these characters speak he really gets them on an individual level i think it's awesome i'm giving the storytelling a 4.5 and i'm also going to go ahead and uh just say that you know while his artwork isn't for everybody it's hard pressed to find anyone else that could ever do spawn the way that mcfarland does especially with the fact that as he's coming into the 90s he's just owning it i love the costumes i love the background i love everything about it how he does text bubbles it's all mcfarland good goodness I'm giving it a 4.5 for a total score of 9 out of 10. Wow, a very high score for Spawn from Remzo. Um, and I got to say, I I don't think I had read these. I'm almost positive I have not read these, reread these issues since I first read them when they were first published, uh, aging myself <clears throat> a tad. But I, uh, I got to say, I, I knew the art was going to be awesome. Uh, so I'll start there because... It's Todd McFarlane. It's awesome. Uh, it's perfect, especially for this book. And like I said, it's more than just the art itself. It's the panels. It's the layout. And Todd has always had really unique panels and layouts. This is really um, a signature of a lot of his Spider-Man work, too. And I think he's he's very under... He's not. It's hard to say he's underrated. He's known as one of the best artists in comics. So maybe he's not underrated on the art. But I think that maybe his panel layouts are, are maybe not talked about enough. Because I think that is really one of his really, really strong suits. And like you said, the way he uses the lettering as part of the art a lot of the times. I think he really, really does does an excellent job and uh, not going to quite give it a five, not the best work he's ever done, but it's pretty darn close. So I'm going to agree with you on the art at a 4.5. And uh, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by the story. And like I said, like the, the visual element 
The visual element is such a large part of the storytelling here that in many ways it's hard to fully separate the art from the writing, uh, but we don't really have to because it's all from the same person. Um, and I'm not going to go quite as high as you did. Like, I don't think this is that high level of incredible writing. Like, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not as sucked into it as I, as I might have been from some of the other Berks. I certainly wasn't as sucked into it as I was from, to me, the all-time greatest Image comic, that being Savage Dragon. But it was very good. It was actually much better than I than I thought it would be than I remembered it being. Uh, so it I'm aged still, well. Yeah, it did, it did age well. It aged much better than I thought. And, you know, I, I, this book goes in a lot of different directions, but I think in terms of a character introduction, in terms of just, you know, giving us enough information uh, to understand the, the motivations of the character, understand what drives Al Simmons, uh, but also leaving enough mystery to not really fully know what's going on and leaving enough out there for us to, to want us to kind of see how it progresses, which is how an introduction to a new character in a new series should be. So I'm not going to go quite as high as you, but I'm going to give the writing a four, which is higher than I thought I would, and, and I'm giving it before I went into this. So I definitely, I would definitely say I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, so I'm going to give us a total of an 8.5 between the two of us, that is an SPC grand total of 17.5 out of 20. And uh, that is very, very good. That is an absolute recommend. Absolutely. If you happen to get this in graphic novel or the occasional director's cut anniversary issues, like I've been able to grab for issue one, it's definitely something you'll want to go ahead and add to your own personal collection. For sure. Uh, so that being said, before we wrap up, anything you want to tell our listeners about perhaps how they could support this program? Yeah, some basic house notes. Do you, do you want more of me and Mark in your life? I mean, who doesn't? Who I think doesn't? we're pretty awesome. Absolutely. So go ahead and check out patreon.com slash pods. You can go ahead and get weekly editions of Remso Rants, Tales from the Fuck It Pile, early released episodes. And if you really want to be awesome, I've been going ahead and grabbing uh, hardcover graphic novels from local comic book shops in the Milwaukee area, sending them out to our, set, to our epic crossover level patrons. They get a brand new hardcover graphic novel every three months as well as all the other bonus content that you get for the previous levels and we recently recorded a quick segment with our kirby club king el presidente of the kirby club himself eric eric uh, he gets to go ahead and produce an episode every three months. If you want to get in the queue and actually get Mark and I to cover a certain story, debate on a certain topic, you want to go ahead and join us and talk about how you became a fan, why you love the things that you do, go ahead and you support us. You can be a star. You can be a star here on SPC. You too. It's it, it's second only to immortality itself. Other than that, uh, patreon.com slash secondprintpod and new and uh, reoccurring content over on our website secondprintcomics.com I think that about sums it up don't forget to of course follow us on social media twitter at secondprintpod instagram at secondprintpod we are at secondprintpod absolutely everywhere and we hope to see you there and everywhere and of course the best way not the best way there are lots of good ways another great way to help support the show if you don't feel like tossing us a few bucks but if you do enjoy this content we would ask that you leave us a five star rating and a great review on Apple re- uh, Podcast that is the best way to leave us a review that's the best way to help us move up in the old algorithms uh, that being said I want to thank you all for listening and Ramza what is our message to the listeners what do we ask of them every each and every week to do what hell and back folks read comics change, change the, the world, world. Good night, America. Adios. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
Facebook guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.